Blog Talk Radio. Allah Akbar Allah Akbar. The New African Broadcast speaks to the free thinking movement that we see emerging in the minds of today's black youth of America. African youths must be re-educated to the scientific reasoning found in natural law if this movement is to reach its full potential. Inshallah, the African American will break free of non-scientific and tribal thinking paradigms that fail to counter immoral behavior as well as limit solid economic progress in African American communities. As-salamu alaykum. The following broadcast is part six. Out of Africa, Science, Origins of Man, and Systems of Knowledge, recorded on January 3rd, 2017. Out of Africa. We now know that our Earth is somewhere around 4.4 billion years in age and that the earliest known remnants of mankind date back as far as 2.6 million years. Look, I don't care if you're sitting there huffing and puffing in your mind because you disagree with me because of your religious beliefs, your socio-political agendas. During this talk, I have clearly proven how time can be measured accurately. We can prove how old the earth is, and we can prove how long mankind has been roaming the earth. Now you can sit there and mumble about radiometric and radiocarbon dating all you want. Some of you will be looking all over the internet in desperate attempts to find information just so you can string it together, bits and pieces of something and something that will support you in your rejection of radiometric and radiocarbon dating. Most of you people don't even know the science of what you're reading anyway. And the people that you reference that publishes these bogus articles don't understand the science that well either. All you have to do is read their so-called rebuttals. Much of it is mumbo-jumbo bullcrap. And the truth is, they are rejecting the science because it conflicts with their religious beliefs and socio-political agendas. No, on the contrary, The earth was not created 6,000 to 7,000 years ago. There is a simple tree in Norway older than 6,000 years. It is over 9,500 years old. A Norwegian spruce called Old Tijiko. Even more so, many places on earth show evidence of erosion taking place over very long time periods. Now, many flat earthers claim that the Grand Canyon was cut out of the earth 
in a few years after the great flood during Noah's time. However, using the normal rate of land erosion that we measure every year from seawater, mathematical calculations suggest it would take many millions of years to form such a huge space in the land. In order for that size of a canyon to be formed in a few years, the solubility of stone would have to be equal to the solubility of table sugar in water. We know how easy sugar dissolves in water. Furthermore, black man, you have not been around 33 trillion years ago, and Yakub, your evil brother, did not make the white man or the white race 59,999 years ago. Yeah, I know the story. The black man was originally an atom in space. Isn't that what the teaching said? Then one day, all of a sudden, he decided he wanted to be a man, so he started to spin on his axis and spun himself into existence. Well, as a scientist, I'd like to know what element of the universe were you as an atom in the beginning. Recall there are 118 elements in the universe. Which one were you? Do you know? All matter is composed of elements, and all elements are composed of atoms. So what atom of element did you spin yourself out of, and why that element? Explain if you say you speak the truth. We know right now from chemical atomic analyses that the most abundant elements in space are hydrogen and helium. The human being is composed of 67% by mass of water and that the mass percent of water is 88.10% oxygen, the difference being 11.9% hydrogen. There's very little to no breathable oxygen molecules in space. So where did you get all of that oxygen from to come into being as a living man? There are only fractional amounts of oxygen atoms in space. And why does not the element helium constitute a major portion of the black man's physiology since you say he is the original man? Scientific data shows that a black man's physiological composition is no different than a white man's. You have no more helium in your body than the white man. Prove your position with your scientific efforts. There should be evidence of proofs of your religious works, your religious teachings in the natural environment, even in you that will support your positions. Otherwise, you're just like your everyday run-of-the-mill witch doctor playing with bones and trinkets and rocks that are magnets. Look, just because the science of the physical environment doesn't support your personal beliefs and ideas doesn't mean something's wrong with our natural environment or the concept that the creator is not man.
have you ever thought about that maybe something is wrong with you, something is wrong with your logic, your rationale and thinking? Just because you don't want to accept what I'm saying doesn't necessarily give merit to your position on what you're saying. That's just your personal belief, just like my personal belief. Every man is entitled to have his own personal beliefs. But in today's world, personal beliefs should be augmented with some support of scientific reality. And if you don't have that scientific reality, that scientific support, then maybe you should do more investigation. And if you don't feel like you don't want to do any more investigation, that's okay too. Just stay out of the scientific arena until you can prove your position with sound, clear evidence. Otherwise, stay out of the public with these foolish teachings. This kind of rhetoric has run its course. People today are going to challenge you if you try to argue and convince them that you are racially and genetically superior over other people. Ain't nobody going for that okey-doke anymore. The light of science is shining bright today. Just like the white man believed he was God, his concepts has ran its course. So has the black man, is God run its course. If this is causing you to spin off your axis, getting you all thrown off, then just go on back to the group where you came from. This is the day of clamor, of noise, of bringing out truth, as Allah has revealed in the Quran. Allah says in the Quran, Qulhu Allahu Ahad, Allahu As-Samad, Lem Yulid, Wa Lem Yulad, Wa Lem Yakulahu Kufawan Ahad. Say, He is Allah, the one and only. Allah, the eternal. Absolute. He begets not, nor is he begotten, and there is none like unto him. This is the Surah Surat al-Ikhlas, the purity of faith, the uh, English translation from Yusuf Ali. Now, let's look at this short surah, but a very uh, rich surah. Just a few lines, but much, much information Allah has contained in just a few lines. So expansive that we can talk on just these short lines for hours if we chose to do so. Let's look at this short surah and see what Allah is communicating to man in his holy Quran. Say, 
God is the one and only. Or say, God is Allah. Say means not necessarily for you to say. As Muslims, we say many verses from the Quran, uh, from various surahs, and sometimes we hear the word, we see the word say is translated say, but say also means Allah is talking to you personally, just like you, we use the phrase, say man, let me holler at you. Allah said, say, God is Allah. The one and only, meaning there are no other gods, not the stones you got, the necklaces you got, the pictures that you have, the visions that you conjure up in your conjured up in your mind. Allah is the one and only God. Allah the eternal, the absolute. Allah eternal means forever. Absolute, forever, eternal. Meaning, eternal is really not on time. You on time. Matter is on time. Space is on time. But Allah is not on time. The absolute. In science, we have a measurement in temperature called Kelvin. There's something called zero degree Kelvin. Zero degree Kelvin is defined as absolute temperature. Zero degrees Kelvin is used to measure coldness. When we talk about absolute temperature, that's the coldest that you can get. Now, we have never gotten down to zero degree Kelvin in our experiments. Many times we convert it to Celsius, which is a minus 273 degrees Celsius. And just to give you an idea how cold that is, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is the freezing point of water. Zero degrees Celsius on the Celsius scale, because there are Fahrenheit scales we use to measure temperature. There's also Celsius a scale to measure temperature in science and physics and biology. But zero degrees Celsius is the freezing point of water. Now, absolute temperature is a minus 273.15 degree C. That's as cold as theoretically you can get, or zero degree Kelvin. There are some scientists who have claimed under laboratory conditions using lasers that they were able to get the temperature down close to absolute Kelvin, 273 0.05 Kelvin, maybe. But these experiments have not been replicated or duplicated by many scientists all over the world, though there have been such publications in the literature. But no one has ever got absolute. But Allah said, I'm absolute. <laughs> Meaning that I'll be here forever. In fact, there is no forever. I'm here. I'll always be here. I've always existed. I'll exist after matter is gone. I'll exist after you gone. I'm not influenced by matter. I'm not influenced by the rain. I'm not influenced by the cold. I don't need food. Food is matter. 
which means I'm void of matter, which means Allah does not need energy to sustain himself. Are you listening? And matter is a function or produces functions and offsprings of various things found in our physical environment, like you, man. So your emotions, your hunger, your hate, your pain, your love is all an outbringing of matter. So you can't influence a lot by crying. I'm going to cry and make a lot feel bad. Or you can't out-negotiate a lot. Those are all functions of an outgrowth of matter. This creator, Allah, that you are talking about, doesn't appear to be too sensitive. Sensitive? That's a human trait born out of material existence and human emotional interactions. I tell you once again that the Allah is not material, not human, but yet is all-knowing. Growing up in the Christian church, they used to always tell us that uh, God had the whole world in his hand. And we even had a little song that kind of went like this. He has the whole world in his hand. He has the whole wide world in his hand. He has the whole world in his hand. He has the whole world in his hand. Now, I did not understand what that song meant. I was just a child growing up in a Christian church, my mom being a devout Christian, and we would always go to church at least three or four days a week. But as a mature man now and have gotten educated and went to school and coming to the teachings of Al-Islam under the tutelage of Imam Warthuddin Muhammad, I've come to understand what that means. Allah has the whole world in his hand means that nothing escapes his focus. Nothing. Not the things that you do, not the things that people say, the events that occur in everyday life, the events that occur in the world. Allah sees your birth, your life, and your death in one focus. That's what it means. Your birth, your life, and your death, Allah all sees in one focus. So nothing escapes the vision of Allah. So you can't negotiate with Allah. Allah knows what you do, when you do it, even before you do it. He knows what you think before the thought even manifests in your mind. He knows your hurts, your wants, 
and your needs. He is so close to you that he knows what you reveal in the public, and he is fully aware of the dark secrets you conceal in your heart and your mind. In fact, Allah says in his holy Quran that he is closer to you than your juggler vein, the lifeline that feeds your brain. God says in the Quran that if you commit a sin but turn to him in sincere repentance, he will forgive your sins. In time, purify your soul and guide you to a way that is straight and right. Allah has said that if you would count up all the favors of Allah, never would you be able to number them. Yes, Allah loves his creation, all of it. And most of all, his highest creation on the earth, the man. He begets not, nor is he begotten. Meaning, I'm not matter. I don't have. I don't have offspring. I don't have children, man or woman. And because I'm absolute, there's no need for me to be begotten, because I'm eternal. Therefore, I don't need matter, the material forces of the universe, to bring me into existence, nor to recover my existence. And there is nothing. Not the bricks that you worship, not the cross that you worship, not the rocks, the stones, the pitchers, the wind, the rivers, the earth. Nothing is likened to him. I think that's pretty explanatory here. And this is enough, brothers and sisters and ladies and gentlemen, for us to come to an understanding why God or why the creator is not man. Oh, are you saying, Mr. Shahid, that we should reject the Christian faith or the Jewish faith? If in this day and time you are following the Christian faith, or the Jewish faith, then that's a clear indication to you and from my observations, my observations to me, that the Creator wants you to be following in the faith that you're in. There's plenty of knowledge here today that we see all over the world, even from other countries, even right around the corner in our backyard that truly tells us the oneness of the creator, the oneness of God. So if that's where uh, the creator, Allah, has turned you in that direction, then you should continue in that, in that direction and be a good Christian and be a good Jewish person, a person of the Jewish faith. I'm only showing you that the science of natural law will not substantiate a concept where God is man. The premise that God the creator would come to this physical earth in the flesh body of a man 
unescapably plants the seeds for racial disharmony. I'm not all-knowing, and I can see this as a potential problem in the family of man. This then begs the question that if God is all-knowing, would not this be obvious? Say, how is it possible that God, the Almighty, the all-knowing, because of society are succumbing to evil, an evil that he should have foreseen before he made the world the way it is or on its pattern, now decide to correct the error that he made by sending himself to the world in the form of a man, his only begotten son, so that he may die and shed his blood for the sins of all men, so they may have eternal life. So now this God decides to come in the form of a man. So how did you decide that it was better for mankind that you appear to the world as a Hebrew? Didn't you know that there would be other men outside of the Hebrew people? Or some people say the Jewish people, wouldn't it have dawned on the all-knowing, the all-wise creator that other men that were not Hebrews may take this as an offensive, meaning that maybe they are not respected in the eyes of the creator like the Hebrew people, that maybe the creator, God, did not look upon other men as favorably as the Hebrew people? The Jewish people make the Son of God look like them, and they don't even accept him as the Son of God. They don't even accept the man as a messenger. The European made the Son of God in their image. Okay, what about the African? You're not going to send a Son of God to the African? Did you forget about the Chinese, the Pakistanians, the Indians, American, Native Indians? What about those group of people? Can't you see the confusion that's now in the heavens and the earth? Not to mention, why a man? Why not a daughter of God? So not only now is God racially insensitive to all other men, assuming that the white Jesus is the son of God, suggesting that God is white, but you're also being insensitive to the female species of man. Now, would not the God of all things, the one who has power over life and death, would not he have foreseen such events to occur? So God is not all-knowing and all-seeing. He can't be if you take the Christian doctrine word for word literally. This kind of a God has already demonstrated a defect in his wisdom and his creation. Isn't this the same observation that the prophet Ibrahim discovered in his quest for the true God? as we find in our Holy Quran, 
Did not Prophet Ibrahim go through different observations and rejections of what he thought was God? Now look at this God in Christian doctrine claiming to come to the world in the form of a man. He already made one mistake with Adam by creating him to succumb to weakness according to Christian scriptures and other scriptures. Now he's turning around and making another mistake by sending a son to the world to some particular ethnic group who now believes that God looks like them, and therefore they are the chosen people of God. What is the matter with you? Isn't this an obvious dilemma? Is it possible for a being that knows the beginning and ending of all things to make such an error in judgment? If the Creator is indeed all-knowing, all-seeing, loving of all, then the claim that the Creator would come in the form of a physical flesh body in man has to be rejected as false, and such beliefs can arguably be traced back to incorrect interpretations of religious scriptures. If I can foresee such events, surely the Creator, Allah, would foresee the event. As the human man, Homo sapiens, has evolved, so has his intelligence and understanding about natural law. Any mental description of any event by man automatically confines that description to the boundaries of matter, space, and time. The universe. Man in the past has made many errors about the description or nature of God, the creator, because he is human, a product of our physical universe. Whatever the man comes up with as a thought, an idea, or feeling will always be connected to this material universal reality. Any attempt for man to justify or see the God as some kind of spiritual entity will always fail if the man perceives God and man in the same vein. It is not possible for the human mind or soul to conceive of or imagine an image of a creator outside of his universal material reality. In the end, man will always see the creator in the image of himself, a white man, a black man, a yellow man, or a brown man. The truth is, under this mindset, the man creates God in his own image. The only sound, rational, sequential thinking conclusion that men like myself and you would be able to come to is that the creator, Allah, the creator, is not a stone, cannot be contained in stone, cannot be contained in water, cannot be contained in air, 
is not spirit, is not fire, is not made of dirt, is not made of atoms. Allah is not matter, and Allah is not man. Allah is the absolute, the eternal. Allah is. Now, if that's difficult for you to conceive in your own mind, then close your eyes for a few seconds and tell me what you see. If you answer darkness, you're on the right path. Or if you answer, I see black, you're on the right path. If you answer, I see nothing, open your eyes, count to ten, and try it again. Darkness is the absence of light. You don't see nothing, for the mere fact that you see darkness means you see something. In other words, there's no way you can conceive and perceive and visualize and conceptualize Allah, the Creator, is beyond the human capacity. For anything that you conceptualize or internalize and or visualize will simply be a product of that which is born out of material. I hope that you understand what I have been saying. And if you do understand what I have said, then you will see that I have slayed Goliath. One stone smack dab in the middle of his forehead. This battle between Goliath and the free man is over. Our personal beliefs does not affect the dominion of the creator. So I'd like to make that clear before I move on. But I think the world would be in a better situation for humanity in general if all of these concepts of God being man, one ethnic group claiming soul connection to God over another ethnic group just incites racism and artificial nationalism. You have been listening to the New African Broadcast, a media program dedicated to the consciousness and the positive moral growth of the black youth of America. Thank you for giving us your attention and tune in to our next broadcast. Assalamu alaikum.